This time on Slaughterhouse Princess, Stoker, do not disturb the family. I got nothing. Welcome to Slaughterhouse Princess. I'm Chris. And I'm Troy. And we have no Hotlanta today. This is an unscheduled Hotlanta absence. Yeah. He didn't but, clear it with HR first. Nope. We're going to have to dock his pay. Oh, I've been doing that already. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, you've been docking mine too. Yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah. I mean,. Docking all around. Yeah, docking for everybody. <laughs> I mean, for payroll, too. Yeah. <clears throat> and we watched Stoker. As suggested to us by Dummy Act. And it's a funny coincidence that we watched this right after Old Boy that I was not aware of until I saw who directed this movie. Yeah. And I don't remember his name, but it's the same guy who directed Old Boy. And Chris will look it up for me. Uh, definitely. Park Chan Wook. I was going to say, Park was in his name, but I couldn't remember the order. Yes. So uh, you can expect lots of live octopi in this movie, right, Chris? Oh, tons. Good. So now that we've established there's lots of live octopuses or octopi. I don't remember which is correct anymore. I think when I was a kid, it was octopi. And now that I've gotten older, it's become octopuses. Octopuses is more fun to say. Yeah. I got octopothy, which is, uh, the, uh, closer to the Greek pronunciation of it. I won't say it is the Greek pronunciation of it. Cause I'm pretty sure I don't get it right, but it's closer. That's the important uh, thing. Yes. Octopothy. Octopothy is fun to say though. So how does this movie start, Chris? Well, it starts with uh, a young lady. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's running around outside mm-hmm. on her family's uh, big old estate. Yeah, they have a lot of land that they're doing absolutely nothing with. <coughs> Classic. Yep. And uh, it's her birthday. Right. And her shoes give her blisters. Yeah. Which they, it's hard to describe. There's a beautiful shot though, where, uh, there is a, a yard garden statue of a kid sitting, like looking at the bottom of his foot. And then she sits down across from it and basically strikes the same pose. And it's checking out the blister on her foot, which I'm sure was entirely intentional, entirely intentional, but very pretty at the same time. Yeah. And uh there's a good blister lancing shot too. I mean, if that's what you're into. I was like, well, the the fluid could be a little more yellow. It was pretty clear, but uh it was it was pretty I like popping my blisters. I don't like to like just leave them. I can't leave them alone. It's like scabs. Like I'm one of those people I I pick at my scabs. I can't not do it. And same thing with blisters. Like after a while, I have, I have a blister. I'm like, I'm going to poke this thing with a needle at some point. Like, so I might as well just do it now and uh, I'll drain it. And I, oh, I love that feeling. Weird. 
Yep. I'm not saying it's normal, but it's what I do. <laughs> and, and sorry, Matt. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure you're like, ugh, ugh, at this point. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where where birthday? Yes. Oh, yes. She's looking for a birthday present. And it, it's in the tree. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, something in it, but we don't see. Nope. But it's got nice yellow ribbon around it. Yeah. This white box. And then uh, we cut to into the house where they're putting the birthday cake snuffer over the birthday cake. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a bell jar. Yeah. Like, geez, that's a weird thing that you just have. Yeah. Well, that way, you, that way you can like smoke your cake while you're putting the the, the, the candles out. A nice smoky cake. <laughs> I love a nice smoky red velvet cake. You can really taste the candle. <laughs> it's got hints of wax to it. And we find out that there's been an accident involving her father. Yes, he has died in an automobile accident. So uh, they're at the funeral and they're doing the whole funeral thing. Yep. And uh, daughter spies a man up on the hill. Yeah, it's very like Highlander. Like, oh, like I'm going to watch my my opponent be buried kind of look to it. It's weird. Yeah. And he's uh, wearing like a, like a tan suit. Yeah. And she's not sure what's going on with all that. They had, uh, they head home to get ready for the, the wake or whatever it is. Reception. Uh, yeah. In Greek, it would be like the, the Macaria, which is like the, uh, like the sadness dinner. Like I just, I'm going to get into something here cause I like to digress cause that's what I do. Um, so like I, my, my father-in-law passed away a few well, years ago at this point. Um, and I found out that at least like in like my, my wife's where my wife grew up or my wife's family grew up. My wife didn't grow up in Greece, but her parents did like the family who's, whose member died is supposed to like, feed everybody and like take care of everybody who comes and visits them for, you know, to give their condolences and stuff. And I'm like, that seems like a lot to put on someone who just lost someone. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I know like when my dad passed away, like I, you know, I lived, I grew up in the Midwest. So <clears throat> ca- like a mountain of casseroles appeared. <laughs> yeah. Casseroles and jello molds as far as the eye could see. <laughs> And like when after and after the and after the funeral, like there's a there's a, you know, the church and then down the hill, there's like the house that I think actually like a nun is is aside for like a nun to live in if 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 they want to. But uh, it's also kind of like the 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 rectory house. And like there was a and all of my like parents, friends from the church and the all in the and the altar and rosary society like put together a meal for everyone to go to after the funeral we didn't have to do that <laughs> you know yeah so but this is kind of like granted these people have servants so sure the servants are going to put on a you know, 
create a bunch of food for these people to come over and then tell you how sorry they are that your family member died. Yeah. So, and, but the daughter is uh, conscripted into helping make deviled eggs. Like you do. And that generally involves her tapping the egg on the table until it cracks and then rolling it for 15 minutes. Yeah, give or take. You really got to yeah. smash up the shell. Yeah, if you if you have more than one square millimeter of shell, you have to keep rolling it until all of all of the there's it's cracked into pieces smaller than one square millimeter. Yeah, then you just dump it right in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> I love me a deviled egg though. They're one of my favorite foods. They are pretty good. Or I'd like to call them egg shooters. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. And uh, so, but then old lady housekeeper sits down and starts talking to her and uh, she looked very familiar to me, but I don't think I'd really had seen her anything, but the actress is from Iowa city, Iowa. So I'm pretty sure she just looks like a Midwestern lady to me. And so therefore looks familiar. Fair. And, and uh, uh, this is when she meets up with uh, the gentleman from earlier properly. Well, and she notices that the uh, well, first, though, she notices the old lady uh, housekeeper, Mrs. McGillicuddy, uh, that she brings in like a bundle of flowers that's tied with a yellow ribbon the same way that her presents are tied. And then so she asks Mrs. McGillicuddy if she she's like, I thought those presents were my dad, but I guess they're from you. And the, Mrs. McGillicuddy kind of dances around that. And then she's like, but there wasn't anything in the in the box I got. And she's like, are you sure? Did you check? And she's like, well, yes, there's this key. Do you know what unlocks? And she's like, well, I'm not, I'm not able to divulge that. And then goes into the other room. Yeah. So we have a mystery now. And uh, she meets the mystery man from the funeral. Yes. Turns out it is her uncle that she didn't know she had. Uncle Charlie that just, she did, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, and by the way, I'm your uncle. And you're like, I didn't know I had an uncle. <laughs> yeah. And, uh. But she she kind of takes it in stride. Yeah. He's a little, he's a little weird. Yeah. Got a like, nice piercing gaze. Yeah. And, uh. uh but I know I know him from a discovery of witches, uh, which is a show that's on Shudder actually. Um, but it, he plays a vampire in it, and this movie is called Stoker. So I was like, oh, I wonder if he's a vampire. But he was out in the daylight, so maybe it's like that Dracula movie from like the mid '90s, a Dracula show from the mid '90s, where if you wear sunscreen, you can go out into the in the into the sun and it's fine it's fine don't worry about it yeah some spf 8 million and you're good yeah yeah or the blade movie when uh, steven dorf was wearing like pancake sunscreen <laughs> and uh turns out that uncle uh is gonna move in and help everybody out for a little while yeah and mother is kind of seems kind of smitten with him yeah, Nicole Kidman is is playing the mother, and she, uh, yeah, she's seems rather um, 
flirty with the uncle for having a husband who literally just passed away. Yeah, like they just put him in the ground, like yeah. hours beforehand. Yeah, and she's already like, "Yes, you should stay with us." Yeah, you should I have st- a nice, comfy bed. You can sleep in it with me. Nothing's weird about this. My nope. Dead husband's and, brother. And I was like, ah, oh, obviously he has used his vampiric mesmerism in order to uh, t- to gain his way in. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yep. I mean, the movie is called Stoker, Chris. Obviously after Bram Stoker. I mean, clearly. And uh, so <clears throat> Uncle moves in. And so, okay, by the nature of this movie, it's kind of, it's real slow. Very pretty. A lot of like visual things, like all the light fixtures in the house are round for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe that's symbolic of something. Probably is. And I'm just too dense to figure it out. But all of the light fixtures are round. Yeah. So if it seems like we're skipping around fast, just rest assured there was a six-minute scene that was very pretty of people (laughs) being rather quiet looking blissfully at one another. Yes. Uh, Also, we find out that he is a very good cook. Yeah. And he's been off uh, globetrotting. He's uh, some sort of playboy. Yeah, he speaks the good French. Yeah, that good French. <laughs> and uh, they, uh, and also he knows about laying flagstones in a path in the yard because the soil there apparently is very soft, so it's good for digging up to put flagstones down. It's good for digging. Yep. I'm sure that won't come up later. Chekhov's flagstone. <laughs> Uh, he has a convertible Mm -hmm. and, uh, he likes, he knows about wine. Yeah. And also they, he knows that, uh, the girl likes, um, chocolate vanilla swirl ice cream. And so when the mother and him go out on a on a, day trip they come back with a giant tub of vanilla and a giant tub of chocolate ice cream yeah they're huge yeah like they are literally like like 18 inches across like in diameter yeah they're like the ones that they would put out in the ice cream store to scoop the ice cream out of yes exactly they're they're commercial (laughs) size they're enormous yeah and she's like, but I like them. I like swirl. And her, mom, her mom's like, just swirl it yourself. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just thinking like, lady, do you not know how ice cream works? That's not a thing. Yeah. Um, oh, soon after he moves in, uh, the daughter sees uh, Uncle Charlie and Mrs. McGillicuddy talking in the, conser- the greenhouse or conservatory or whatever. And... Uh, then after that, apparently she goes on a trip. Yeah, it just takes a little trip. And is never heard from again. Yeah. Oh, we, we also learned that... Uh, huh? what a- we also learned that dad and daughter used to go hunting all the time. Yes. And 
specifically birds, and he would have yes. them all stuffed and mounted. Yep. Uh, also, we like at one point, uh, Uncle Charlie tells the daughter that they, that he just wants to be her friend, and she responds, "We don't need to be friends. We're family." Like, and I like <laughs> for some reason that line really struck me. I like that line a lot. It's a good, it's a good bit. Yeah. Um, oh, and then Auntie Gwen shows up. Yeah. And uh, un- uninvited, unannounced. Yep. Much to the chagrin of uh, Mom. And kind, and Uncle Charlie definitely has like a weird vibe about her. Yeah. Like in relation to her, like she has a she like looks at him weird and he looks at her weird. And there's like this weird like standoffishness and like unwillingness to say things in front of each other, which is it's just you're watching it going. There's something here, but I can't figure out what it is. Yeah, it's it's obvious that old uh, Auntie Glenn Gwen knows something. (laughs) Yes, Auntie Glenn close. Yeah. Oh, we skipped over tennis, but that's not too important. I mean, it kind of comes up. Yeah. What do you, one of the other things that they do before Auntie Gwen shows up is they he apparently cleaned up the tennis court, and they're going to play tennis. But her, but uh, the dad's her, you know, the dad's tennis whites are too big for Uncle Charlie, so he has to get his the dad's belt and wear that to uh, hold his pants up. Yeah. Well, we all know how how much of a pain it is to not have the right size tennis whites. Yeah. Yes, of course. Super identifiable. I said to myself, <laughs> yes, I, I, if I too know this pain, ah, preaching to the choir, cleaning up your own tennis court, like some kind of maniac. Oh, <laughs> Paris thought. Yep. In fact, we pretty much don't. Well, no, we do see the maids like one other time, but mostly at this point, like the, the servants are kind of not in the movie anymore. Yeah. So uh, they're they're having dinner, mom and daughter, Uncle Charlie, and Aunt Gwen. Uh, yep. Mom makes a bit of a scene because uh, there's obviously something between those two, also. Yeah. And and the auntie's like, fine, I'm I'm gonna go to my hotel, and Charlie's like, oh, where are you staying? And she's like, I'm staying at the Biltmore. And they're like, okay, great. Yeah. And they call her a cab. And and then she gives uh, the daughter her phone number and says, call me. Yeah, and then they she, bundle her off. Hmm? She does it all on the sly, though. Yeah. And like, make sure you call me. And then uh, they bundle her off into a taxi. And like, almost as soon as they get off the property, she's like, are there any other hotels here except for the Biltmore? <laughs> Yeah. And she ends up in fucking like travel motel econo lodge quality place. Like there's like pubic hair on the soap and like you have to like run the water to get the TV to get reception kind of level of a motel experience here. Yeah. And she tries to call. 
Because she's well, lost she can't her find phone. her cell phone. Yeah. So she calls so she... down to the front desk like, hey, how do I use this phone? But her phone doesn't work. Because nope. it's a shitty motel. Yeah. And that said, now actually that's identifiable. Yeah. No, like the uh, finding a pubic hair has happened to my parents at an Econo Lodge. Only it was in the bed, not on the soap. And having to run the water, having to flush the toilet to get the TV to get TV reception also has happened to my parents at a uh, at the Americana Motel somewhere uh, west of Iowa. South Dakota, maybe. So, uh, Auntie Gwen heads to the payphone outside to make a call to see. I think she's trying to hunt down her phone. Yeah, she's trying to like call her phone to see if she has it somewhere because she can't find it. And uh, who should show up? Uncle Charlie. Santa Claus? No. Oh, Uncle Charlie. Yeah, sorry. Okay. I mean, it's always nice if Santa Claus shows up. And he gives her the old, uh, hey, I'm just here to give you your phone back. I'm not going to kill you in this phone booth. Yeah, definitely not going to take this belt and choke you to death with it. It's certainly not about to happen. Oh, nope, it happened. And uh, at the same time, back at the homestead, daughter is downstairs eating commercial grade ice cream. Yep. And oh, happens. and the uh, so and when we say like so they make her put it in the freezer, and to get to the freezer, she has to go like go down these dark stairs, and down this hallway that's got a series of you know, like lamps, but they've got like a weird, um, like chicken wire, uh, grating around the outsides of the lamps. Yeah. And then she likes to hit them when she goes by to make them swing. And there's like four or five of these things in a row. So this hallway is like, like a hundred feet long. Yeah. She's at the fucking freezer annex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the stairs are on one side of the house. And then the freezer's on the all the way on the other side of the house, only still in the basement. Yeah. And there's no other stairs down to the basement. And uh, what does she find in the the freezer? Mrs. McGillicuddy's face. Yep. Attached to her head. Because it turns out she she didn't go on mystery vacation at all. Nope. Uncle Charlie must have taken her out. And then she flashes back, and you can see Uncle Charlie like put his hands on her shoulders. And then kind of slide them towards her neck. And you're like, ooh, no. <laughs> so she uh, she basically comes to the conclusion that Uncle Charlie is killing people. Yep. Um, and that her mom is trying to bone Uncle Charlie like nobody's business. Yeah. Also, also like, she goes to school. She's going to school now. Like, school has started back up. And... He keeps parking outside of the school to pick her up, but she keeps, well, she's first, she was taking the bus and all the girls who saw him were like, Oh, he's so dreamy. I wonder who he's here for. And then like, she gets on the bus and he just follows the bus. And like, all you can see in the back, one of the bus is a bunch of like teenage girl faces. Yeah. And then he drives along past and it's like fucking Christy Brinkley in uh national lampoons <laughs> vacation. Yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, then she starts walking because she doesn't want to fucking deal with the girls freaking out over him. And he just drives behind her at like three miles an hour as she walks. 
and then it's and then he's he and then she's leaving the house to go to school and he pulls like he's this like bright ass yellow umbrella and he's like it's supposed to rain today and she's like Ugh. <laughs> and then just goes on goes on to school and then it's raining and he has like left the umbrella hanging on the gate the entry gate to the house to the uh the property and she's just like Ugh. like teenage full teenage girl like eye roll and then just like keeps walking into the house and uh and, she's back at school again now yep and uh there's a guy at school who is doing the like I'm into you so I'm gonna be a dick thing yeah I'm into you so I'm gonna sexually harass you yeah like cool yeah but she's uh ready with her fucking pencil yeah and so like he's like mouthing off to her and so she just kind of like she's like what did you say and he's and she he calls her stroker because how are you not going to like come up with stroker from stoker as a teenage boy yeah and definitely implies that word around town is his her mom is banging her uncle yeah and she's like what did you say and he says it again and then she's like she kind of taunts him and he goes to punch her and she just puts the pencil up and he just punches the pencil like straight on and oh it's like like you don't like see it but you can just feel it yeah it's pretty good yeah and then whip comes to save her comes to gallantly you know, gallantly rescue her yeah she's like that dude's an asshole just you know ignore him he's an asshole uh, I'll see you later. So she heads home. But Uncle Charlie watched all of this because he he apparently used his vampiric hearing to hear that she was in trouble and he used his speed to to get close by, but she took care of herself, so he didn't need to actually like drink anybody's blood or anything. Yeah. This time. This time. And uh so she heads home sees uh mom and uncle charlie getting friendly yeah with uh some song play some song called summer wine yeah that they play during she, the scene she doesn't care for, for that it's like her mom's like get ready to get busy song yeah which i'm sorry she knows that but yeah you know i mean yeah i was trying to think of a good get busy song for you, but nothing really comes to mind. Cause I don't want to think about you getting busy. That's fair. <laughs> I usually play, uh, air raid sirens. Cru- uh, I was going to go for a cool, a cruel angels thesis. <laughs> no air raid sirens. So that way my daughter hides. <laughs> she knows to get under the bed and stay there. <laughs> uh, I'm more of a, like a slow, like honey by a Fiona Apple person myself. And uh, so she runs off, heads to the local diner, where she meets up with a uh, young whip. Yeah, Rockets is the name of the diner. Yeah, and they go on a little walk to the local playground. Yep. And she's being all like, Fay is the best way to describe her at this point. I feel like like she's kind of manic pixie dream girlish. Yeah. And she's kind of like, 
given the vibe, like, dude, if you, if you want to, you can, you're going to end up boning me tonight. And, but then he says something, she's like, like, don't spoil my mood <laughs> or something like, yeah, he's well, like yeah, trying she's, to like, she's talking all cryptic and about, uh, if you take a picture, if somebody takes a picture of you from an angle, you don't see, but that's still you. Yeah, you like don't recognize yourself, and like I don't, you know. And she's like, I don't recognize. Basically, like this, I'm not that kind of girl. But yeah. today, I am that kind of girl. Yeah. So they head out in the woods to have some makeout. Yep. Which uh, things are going uh, surprisingly consentingly so far? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like she is definitely a. She's apparently DTF. Yeah. Except for I, when she bites him in the face. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck? And then he's like, well, the only answer now is that I must rape you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, come on, Whip. You're doing all right, buddy. Yeah. You seem like, yeah. Oh, he seemed like such a nice guy. Yeah. Until he did that. <laughs> yeah. And so he is in the process of attempting to rape her, uh, getting his pants off and such, when here comes Uncle Charlie to the rescue. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'd say rescue. I mean, and by rescue, we mean choke the guy to death with his belt. Well, first he, uh, he ties him up with belts and lets her kick the shit out of him for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, good job, Uncle Charlie. I mean, you killed those other people. That wasn't cool, but I mean, I'm yeah, on board At least with this, this one, we can, we can, we can enjoy the, his death because he is obviously a raging shit bag. Yeah. And, uh, so they, they bury him in the garden under the gigantic stone spheres they have in their garden. I mean, who doesn't have stone spears in their garden? How else are you going to deal with the angels, Chris, if you don't have like the spear of hope and the spear of despair and all of that? Not spear, sphere. Oh, sphere. Oh, you're yeah. just fucked then if you only have spheres. You don't have spheres right next to your tennis court? No, I have spears. Oh. For when the angels come. Fair enough. And uh, also, am I going to rewrite reality without a spear? I mean, when you say it like that, it makes me seem foolish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, listeners, I've been watching uh, the Neon Genesis Evangelion rebuild movies, so <laughs> I have spears on the brain. <laughs> and uh, they're burying him. She tries to call her aunt Gwen. And I think here's the phone. Yeah, from, I think she has the like underground. Hmm. Yeah, I think she's kind of like, uh, I wonder what did happen to Aunt Gwen. And then, yeah, okay. And she seems kind of okay about it. Yeah, not super distraught. I mean, it's hard to tell. She's already somewhat distraught. Yeah, she's just kind of weird in general, too. Yeah. And then she goes uh, to take a shower. Yes. And she starts out with what you think is a shower cry. Uh-huh. And it turns into a shower self-love session. Yeah. Specifically while thinking about that time that your uncle just choked out your rapist. Yeah, and broke his neck. Yeah, the hell of a belt like, that guy's got. Yeah, like put the belt like under the guy's chin and just kept pulling. Like it was a hell of a camel clutch. Yeah. And uh yeah, that apparently uh, got her off. Yikes. 
I got him off of her and her off. Everybody, um, everybody got off somewhere on that one. Yep. Uh, and then, oh, and we, we did, we didn't mention like when she came in from the rain that one time, uh, her mom was teaching uncle Charlie how to play the piano and they were sitting next to each other on the piano bench. And she was like, for fuck's sake, like what is mom doing? And then one of the maids, the only other time we see a maid is when she makes a noise then. And they're like, how long have you been standing here? Like there's like a puddle of water underneath of her, but because she's just been staying there dripping from the rain. Yeah. Um, and then, um, but this time now there's going to be another piano recital. Only this time it is daughter and uncle Charlie. Yeah. They, they play a duet. Yeah. And he puts his arm around her and sniffs her hair while playing the piano. And apparently that also was enough to make her have an orgasm. Yeah. I mean, I like music, but I've never like hadn't I've and playing music. I've not really done a lot of, but I can't imagine having an orgasm from playing music. Have you ever had your uncle put his arm around you and sniff your hair? Yes. Because you have to no. do all of those things. Not really. My my two uncles are or my three uncles are nice guys. They've not done that to me. Put their arms around me, but never sniffed my hair. That you know of. Yeah. That I know of, yes. So uh the following day Daughter heads to her, her dad's old office or study or whatever. Mm-hmm. Going through looking through stuff, seeing if she wants to keep any mementos or what have you. And she realizes that there's a locked drawer that looks like a key would go in it. And she has a key. She does have a key. And it opens it, shockingly. And she finds a gun. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of letters. Yep. All addressed to her. All from Charlie. Yep, all from Charlie and all about these wonderful, wondrous places that he has traveled to and is writing her from, like Timbuktu and Paris and... Yeah, Reykjavik and... Yeah, Reykjavik and all that fun stuff. And... and then she also finds like, a box full of pictures. Mm-hmm. And it is her dad and his two brothers. Yeah. What? Two his brothers? Younger... Yeah, his younger, two younger brothers, and but one of the younger brothers, like, is in like some pictures, but in the older pictures is not there. And there's like a bunch of little cutout heads of the younger brother, youngest brother. Yeah. Weird. Yep. And so she's like, "Huh, that's weird." And then she looks at the uh, the closer at the envelopes to the letters to her from Uncle Charlie and notices that they all say like the like Chadwick Institute or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so and then she realizes that they all came from the Chadwick Institute, no matter where her uncle Charlie was supposed to be at that point. And she has a little bit of a freak out. And he yeah. says something about like her being like him uh, in the letters, uh, yeah. things like that. And uh, so is this? She's where she confronts him. Yeah, on the stairs. 
Okay. And she's like, what's the deal, man? What's what's up with all this shit? Also, what about your other brother? Yeah. I don't remember him either. <laughs> or hear about him either. Yeah. And Uncle Charlie's like, well, I mean, your dead dad and other uncle, they're they're linked. Let me let me give you the whole story. Yeah. And it turns out that uh in his younger days, Uncle Charlie was jealous, I think, of his little brother. Yeah, yeah because like uh daughter's dad, uh who's played by uh Dylan McDermott Mulroney, um uh is like loves the the youngest brother the best. And so he's kind of jealous. Uncle Charlie's kind of jealous of the youngest brother. So he digs a pit at the bottom, uh, in the sand on the bottom of the slide. Yeah. And the younger brother slides down the slide into the pit. And then he just covers the, the, the child up with sand and then makes sand angels on top of him. Yeah. Like you do. Yeah. We've all been there. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, Hotland is probably doing that right now. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's what got him sent to the Chaz Chaswick Institute or whatever the hell. <laughs> yes. And apparently the day... So apparently uh, Uncle Charlie was being released. So his dad, her dad went to go pick him up. And it was obvious that the doctor was quite smitten with, uh, like she'd gone kind of Harley Quinzel on him. Yeah. And, uh, and so they're driving home. He's driving uncle Charlie somewhere. Uncle Charlie says he has to go pee. So they pull off and he goes down to like the river bank and pisses in the river and then comes back up and, gets in the car and then takes the stone that he grabbed from the river and just beats well, her it's, dad. It's because his, he was dad was like, Charlie, look, buddy, uh, you're not meeting my daughter. Yeah. You're not coming to my house. You're not, I don't want anything to do with that. Like, yeah, you're still my brother. I'm still going to look out for you. Here's a wad of money. Go to New York. You've got an apartment. It's taken care of. You got a, Sick convertible. And, uh, but, but you're not meeting my daughter. Yeah. And, uh, Charlie does not care for that. Nope. And that's when he gives him amateur surgery. Yes. With a rock to the face. And, uh, and it makes it look like a car accident. Yeah. And daughter is not pleased about this. At first, but he has one more. Pre- but and then she finds out that all of those presents of shoes from, were from him. Yeah, which presumably Mrs. McGillicuddy was the one delivering them, but he requested them. Yeah, I'm not sure. And they're the same like black and white patent shoes. Yeah, saddle shoes. Ex- maybe I don't know. I. I don't. I don't know my fashion terms. Um, you don't know about shoes from the fifties? No, it's weird. I, sh- I I should have taken a course on that in college instead of I don't know uh, stock options. Um, that would be much more useful. Um, 
Yeah, and then he pulls out another box, and it's got a pair of shoes in it. And I couldn't tell this, but according to the IMDb trivia, they are crocodile skin uh, heels, and they are Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuittons. Yeah. Nice shoes. Yes, I only know this again. I only know this because of the trivia because I was like, oh, look, they're high-heeled shoes. That is what my brain said to me. Yeah. And uh, they're planning to run away to New York together to uh, uh, presumably start uh, murdering people. Murderly erdling people. As a team. Yes. You know, Bonnie and Clyde. And mom happens to be coming down the stairs as they're hatching their scheme. And she's not real happy about it because she she gets what's going on. Well, yeah, because they're kind of like almost going to kiss. Yeah. And her mom sees it and she's like, you you know, like, no, I'm supposed to be getting the penis from her, not him, not you. Yeah, it's less incest if I do it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's a hundred percent less incest if she does it. Well, I suppose. <laughs> and uh, Uncle Charlie is like, "Don't, don't worry, I got this. Pack a bag. Like, let me handle this real quick." So he goes and uh, he's like, "No, no, you got it all wrong. See, I was gonna run off with you. I was just telling her that to keep her." Occupied while me and you run off to New York and she can stay here. She's 18. Yes, she doesn't need a rope. We can go to New York and get a rope. Yeah. But turns out that was all just a trick to get her within choking range. Yep, because he's got to use the belt on her. Yeah. And he's uh, calling for daughter to come check out this cool thing he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like... Hey, Dad, go look at this. It's all yeah. you can imagine. And uh, she's got a gun. Yep. Daughter rolls up and just shoots him right in the goddamn head with a rifle. Well, they make it look like maybe she's going to shoot the mother. That's what all the all the cuts imply that she's going to shoot the mother. So, of course, she shoots him instead. Yeah. Yes. And then and I guess we can call her Jeannie now that she has a gun. Yep. Okay. And then she uh, buries him in the backyard. Yep. Where the soft ground is. And then uh, heads for New York. Where she's going to get a rope. But first, she gets pulled over by a sheriff. Who yeah. had and who had shown up earlier in the movie asking questions about Whip. Uh, if she knew where he might have run off to. And she's like, no. And then, But she's starting to kind of lose the story. That she's trying to tell, and he's she's starting to get tripped up. But then Uncle Charlie came in and like saved the day with, I was watching PBS, so and there was this Italian opera, blah blah blah, and so that was uh, he he covered for her, yeah, and himself really since he was the one who killed the kid. So he's like, ma'am, do you know how fast you were going? And she was like, fast enough to get your attention. He's like, what do you mean? And she's like, here, have a pencil in the eye. Yeah. And then he bleeds all over some stuff. Yep. And then she shoots him. Yeah. And then she drives off into the sunset happily ever after. 
Hooray! And that's uh, Stoker. Yep. So, Chris, what did you think of this vampire movie? Um, a lot less vampire than you'd think. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's okay. I mean, it looks real nice, which is to be expected. Yep. I am a sucker for uh, the director's work. It's very slow. There's a lot of atmosphere, a lot of build-up. It's got some interesting like mystery thing going on. But uh, it seems like maybe the it could have took another pass on the writing. It's not terrible if you meet it on its terms, but I mean it it's all about just watching it and letting it do its thing and just rolling with it. Not worrying. It's got, almost, it, it's got like a very like dreamlike quality to it. Yeah. Like like I said, Faye is probably another good description. Yeah, because I mean everybody's a little weird a little bit off. It's like the whole family is like they're almost out of out of time. Like Yeah, it's kinda like Parasite in that way. Yeah. I mean it's hard to recommend because you you kinda gotta be in for what it's selling you. I mean if you want something that's a little slower, a little more thoughtful something that is uh, real nice to look at but maybe isn't the most complex narrative you're ever going to come across I say give it a go but I don't know you'd have to you'd have to know what you're getting into it's not something you could just like yeah it's Thursday I want to watch a movie with those caveats though I say it's worth watching what do you say Troy uh, I liked it. I didn't know what I was getting into when I watched this. Again, I was expecting a vampire movie. Um, and so I think I was in the mood to try to figure out like what is going on exactly and who is what and all of that. And so that, so the, the pacing worked for me. Uh, the, the little like bits and like, I didn't, I didn't pick up the clue uh, about like when, cause her dad, she said something like about her dad telling her that sometimes you have to do, uh, less bad things to keep from doing worse bad things. Um, like little bad things to keep from doing big bad things. And then there was the shower orgasm after the, the, the guy was killed. Like you, I, it's shot in a way that you can interpret you at the, when you see it without knowing the rest of the context that maybe she was just, uh, kind of hot about the uncle saving her, and kind of like a superhero fantasy type thing when she's uh, taking care of business. Uh, and But then once the reveal happens that she is just as much of a whatever psychopath, sociopath, whatever she is, as the uncle is, then you realize, oh, no, no, no. She was getting off to the actual death, not the not the superhero fantasy with the uncle. Um, oh, and... You know, like there's things like that that I thought were interesting in hindsight, 
uh, that I didn't ca- quite catch the, you know, when I watched it originally. Uh, but it's, it's real pretty. Um, it's very well shot. Uh, the script was written by the guy who plays captain cold on the flash and legends of tomorrow. Wentworth Miller. Uh, he's a great actor. Um, and I don't, I, I like the script. Everybody like, like it's like, yeah, everybody's not quite human, but that's fine because everybody's not quite human. So like, you don't have to like, it's not like the dialogue rings untrue when they say it. It's just that everything's a bit weird here. So yeah. Um, it's kind of like, you know, like the, I kind of like you imagine like well-to-do families who live in mansions and like, just kind of slowly get weirder as the generations go on. You know, it's got a very gothic feel to it. Um, I really liked it. Uh, again, like I, I think Hotlanta would have hated this movie and I can understand why he would hate it because it is not his type of movie. But if you like a nice, like almost, almost Southern Gothic, but not really Southern, uh, in like accent or anything, but it's got kind of like the, almost a plantation feel to the house. Um, I say, give it a watch. It's real good. Um, and you can try to catch all the clues that now that you know what the, what the twist is, uh, you can try to catch all the clues about how she is actually a crazy person. Mm -hmm. So what are we watching next week, Chris? We are watching the changeling. Yes. As suggested by my sister-in-law, it is the, the 1981, the 1981, the 1980 movie. Ah, I think it features like a red bouncing ball going downstairs. Hmm. Classic. Yes. So what if other people want to recommend movies that involve balls and stairs? How would they do that? Uh, well, they could email us at Slaros Princess podcast at gmail.com. Uh, they could message us or just post to our page at uh, facebook.com slash slaughterhouse princess. They could go onto Twitter and tweet us at slaughter prince, which is slaughter princess with no vowels in princess. They could go to our subreddit at r slash SHP podcast and leave a message there. Uh, Otherwise, they could listen to us at various places uh, like Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, probably a tin can with a string. And uh, if you if they want to support us financially, they could go to patreon.slarosprincess.com or store.slarosprincess.com and buy some sweet swag. Even though I'm pretty sure Chris has not put safety towels up in the store yet. True. And and. Uh, Otherwise, you could talk to us at discord.slarosprincess.com where we spend a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So come back next time for The Changeling. And while our podcasts think about movies, we'll drink about movies. Bye. You sound weird. I'm sober. <laughs> <laughs>